Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. Haley and I just did a little warm-up ditty. We were uh, kind of <laughs> singing and beat-bopping along a little bit, just kind of warming up the vocal cords. Not and actually warming up, we were just being... anyone knows us, you know it was awesome. Was, yes, <laughs> and totally normal. We were just being our weird selves. I'm more, I was being facetious, shaking it, singing it all, so true, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Terrible. So it's not like it sounded good. No, no, no. I, that's that why I was just funny. doing the beep boop beep bops in the background. <laughs> the beep. beep boop beep bop. Yeah, kind of like a computer. In like old school <laughs> movies when the computers would make noises. Anyways, sounded so we're like we're geared up and ready to go. We're weird tonight. You ready? Yes, as Kayla Gonzalez used to say, Kayla, if you're listening to this, I miss you. She would say, you are in rare form. <laughs> yeah, I think most people said that. That was like a, a phrase. Like a no, decade I mean, ago. that's when she would say it to oh, me yeah, yeah. is when I yep. started acting. Yeah, yeah. What's her last name right now? Pasquez? Pasquelas. <laughs> sorry. That's probably not right. <laughs> sorry for butchering I'm your last name, sorry, Kayla. Kayla. Anywho, so tonight we are going to be talking about money. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like to talk about money. I really don't care talk about like it doesn't bother me is what i mean yeah like uh yeah it definitely doesn't bother me to talk about money hey would say i sometimes talk about money too much Mm -hmm. probably comes out of my uh desire to control control our finances um in the past slash still currently struggle through that with that um so i can easily go to places of talking about like different debt and good debt and bad debt and where we've messed up and where we're at and where i wish we were and all those things so uh, we just want to have an honest conversation about finances and maybe a little bit about where we've been before kind of where we're at um maybe a little bit about where we're going um financial priorities uh how do you do that when you're single versus when you're married, what does that look like? So anyways, any initial reactions about money from you, my money, honey? <laughs> hmm. Well, I have also, I said also, even though I did not attribute this word to you <laughs> or you didn't attribute it to yourself, I have obsessed about money before in my life. Um, Yes, out of a desire to control. I think that's a big part of it. Or a desire to be safe. I think that comes for a lot of people when talking about money. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm, I just feel like it often comes up in conversation. Yeah, that idea of security. Yeah. Yeah. I got to save this so in case this happens. Or what if this happens? Or I am saving for this, but also like I need the buffer um, of something. So I think I've definitely acted and reacted to money out of a place of wanting to prepare for the worst when this started when I was really little. Like I just wanted to save all the time and spend very, how do I explain this? I wanted to buy lots of things, but I wanted to do it very cheaply. Like I liked to collect lots of things. I Like thrifty. Yeah, um, but not, uh, yes, thrifty, that became something that I really, like, pressed into, but I wanted to, like, I actually had lots of collections of things growing up, and then I had, like, nostalgic attachments to things, so I didn't want to get rid of things, and it really, it all began to pile up, quite literally, like, I just had a lot of stuff, Mm. and I think it mirrored the amount of stuff going on inside of me as well, but money had a lot to do with that, like, I wanted to, I think, satiate this desire to, like, purchase something, because that made you, you know, feel good for, like, a hot second, um, but do it like super cheaply. Like I remember being made fun of by my family forever. I think they still make fun of me for this. Um, Cause every time we pass a dollar general truck, they laugh at me and I used to get like offended about it, but mostly because I liked shopping at the dollar tree, not the dollar general. It's different. Guys. Everything at the dollar tree is a dollar. Like I just thought those deals were like amazing. So funny story. I don't think I've ever shared this on the podcast. And if I have and you've heard it, well, look at you, you get to hear it twice. That I would buy like everything from the dollar store. Like 
gifts from my parents and things like that growing up because I was like, wow, this is like a phenomenal deal. I could get so many things for such a short, short, (laughs) small amount of money. And one of the things I really, really wanted as a child was a blow up chair. Does anyone my age remember those? 100. I think I had one. Yeah. I wanted one one. so bad. Oh, my neighbor friend had one. There was so much more. So much more. They were way more in than like beanbag chairs. Yeah, they were, we were so yeah. cool. I wanted one so bad. And y'all, I found one <laughs> at the dollar store. Let's go. I was stoked. <laughs> I took it home. I blew it up and I'm not kidding you. A baby doll. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a size for a baby doll. I don't think yes. I've ever lived that down, nor should I. It was hilarious. No, that's fantastic. It was hilarious. Um, but anyway, that became just kind of this mantra for my life. Like, save as much as possible. Uh, don't share anything because I also really did not know how to be generous. Um, and the money I did spend ended up being on myself and what I could gain and how I felt, but as little as possible. Like, I even remember going out to dinner with friends and I would literally find the cheapest thing on the menu. Even if I didn't even really want it, but I... I just felt like I had to save the extra money and I didn't like tipping. Like I just did not have a spirit of gratitude and in, mm. in um, generosity. Mm. So, um, so like, did you eat a lot of mozzarella sticks at Applebee's? No, up? those weren't the cheapest thing. Like no? minestrone soup. Oh, it's one of the cheapest soup, things on the menu. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would split things with friends. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, or I would go places where you had like free bread and then I would buy like, Maybe not even buy something else, but or like a drink because mm. that was going to be like a dollar, dollar fifty back in the day. Back in the day, we're so old. <laughs> or even like two bucks because then I'm like, okay, at least I'm like spending some money here. So anyway, I, I it was like a scarcity mindset. I think that's how we often mm. operate. There's a scarcity of quote goodness for people or finances for people or um, good vibes. I don't think that's actually a thing, but I think people think that like the, um, the amount of goodness, I keep using the word good, but by good vibes, I mean, I think people often think about like, there's only so much good that can come upon me. And if something good happens to someone else, then that took away the good that I have. Mm. And I think people kind of view money that way. Maybe not in the exact same mind frame as that, like, oh, because I have more money, you're going to have less. Mm. But in a, like, I want as much good as possible because that makes me either feel better about myself or more secure or mm. whatever. I don't even know if I'm making sense. I mean, it makes I'm sense. I just don't know that. Like, I've never heard anybody sure. talk about it that way. So, I mean, maybe they do subconsciously. I've just never heard mm. that. So maybe that people way. don't view it that way. I mean, they totally could. Um, you might, I mean, maybe you're literally hitting something that, I don't know. I People are probably like, what are you even talking about right now? <laughs> um, so maybe I just need to speak for myself. The money has been a, maybe a better way of putting it is the amount of money I have makes me feel like I'm worth something. Mm. And the more money I have, the more worth I am. Yeah. Um, or the more worthy I am mm. or the more God loves me because that would be a direct reflection of how good I've been. Mm. Like, I think that's a what I'm trying to say. Of... Yeah, like a merit kind of mm. thing. Yeah. That like the more good that quote comes upon me is a reflection of how good I am. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way God operates. It's yeah. just not. Like he loves to bless his children. It doesn't always mean financially. I know plenty yep. of people who have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are full of joy in life. But there is, I think there is actually a dependency that comes on God when we don't have a lot of money Mm -hmm. that I actually am beginning to cherish. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at the life of Jesus and his disciples or what he asked people to walk away from. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have like so many initial thoughts that I could just. So that's it for the podcast tonight. And Um, have a great night. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, Obviously, like if you look just at the life of Jesus, you can't help but see money can't be tied to merit because Jesus, who was perfect, <laughs> didn't yes. have money. Like, right. Um, so that should, and it doesn't because we live in a, um, at least we do, we, um, the Bogiers live in a first world country. I know there's some people on here who don't, who are listening, but um, like we live in a first world country. And so 
um, we don't have that kind of framework almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's not tied to merit. Mm-hmm. Nor is it tied to the amount that you can be generous. And yep. I don't mean yep. be frivolous with what you've been given, yep. but we just see so many acts of selflessness and generosity mm-hmm. in the Bible. Like when people have nothing left yep. or I cannot remember which prophet it was who went to the widow who I always mix son. up Elijah and Elisha yeah. because one of them I think went it was to Elijah because one of them Elisha, like had their son who died and the other one, it was her and her son were going to die. She was going to mm-hmm. make one more meal and, I always forget. Shucks. I think it's Elijah. I think it is Elijah too. But if we're wrong, sorry. Um, and he goes to her and says, make me bread. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I was about to make our last meal. Yep. He says, make me some first. And then her like oil just never runs out. Like, yeah. Or the flour the never flour, runs out. Um, the, the generosity doesn't have to be tied to what mm-hmm. you have or what you think you have. And we've talked about this before, but generosity isn't just finances either. However, there is something, I think there's an, something miraculous in being generous financially inside of you mm. that just, it changes your perspective about like what really matters. You begin to lose more mm. like, man, it's not really about this. And I, I feel more fulfilled when I'm giving like, more blessed to give than to receive the I think that's just so true like when we are stuck in a a space a mind frame a state of being where we're just trying to fill ourselves with all of the things or the people or the accolades or the roles or climbing the proverbial ladder of like whatever Mm -hmm. you end up not feeling really full yeah and you could talk to any number of people who have been successful at any number of things and they will probably tell you that, that their their true fulfillment doesn't come in making this amount of money or having this amount of yeah. stuff or this amount of friends. Um, I think there's, yeah, there's just something about being generous. There's something about having less actually that frees you up inside. Um, even if you've been blessed financially, like that doesn't mean you have to have a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I've just talked about this so much on here but as I've been minimizing just the freer I feel the freer my mind feels the less time I'm using to clean up stuff the less energy I'm using to think about where things should go or um the more eternally minded I become the less I am tied to the things here and I just feel more full and God always provides what I need Mm. and then above and beyond usually yeah not in the way I think will be above and beyond all the time he blows my mind. He yeah. just shows up and does these incredible things. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Was I answering a question? <laughs> uh, the, I think you're still on initial thought. <laughs> I think. You it's been so long since we, uh, the question was asked. I'm not even sure anymore. Is it still Sunday night? I don't even know. Um, no, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Seriously. Don't I feel like you're rambling. Um, <laughs> Did I just imply that you were? Typical um, <laughs> Haley. <laughs> no, it really Do you have good. a thought? I don't know. I have 25. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it is hard, like, because money is, I don't, I even feel weird saying this. It's a, the, the phrase is a necessary evil, right? Like, um, and, and the reason I use that is kind of quite literal, um, in the sense of like, it is something that is a necessity part of life in provision, but it so easily can turn into an evil thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's, that's why I use that. It's, I would say money, uh, money and food are like mm-hmm. the, the, well, food, when you struggle with an eating disorder, that is, those are like the two times where I feel like necessary evil is actually like a fitting phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the reason I say that is because like we need money to be able to survive um, mm-hmm. and to to pay for things. Um, one of the verses I was thinking of coming into tonight is from First Timothy five, and Paul's writing to Timothy about just like uh, a, 
about widows and how to pro uh, provide for widows and what widows need and who should be on a list for widows and if a widow's young, like they should just remarry and um, different things. But verse eight says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So like Paul is like recognizing like you've got to provide for your own household. Like that is a, a requirement. So that's, um, we don't need to be frivolous, like you said, or we can't be lazy and not work for things and just say, oh, God's just going to provide. I'm just going to sit here and wait for his provision. Like we need to do things. And, and we've already talked a lot about how work was before the fall. So work is good. So we need to do things to provide for our families. But once we have money, it's the relationship we have with mm -hmm. money, um, not making money the thing, but making money the um almost the object um, and de, uh, devaluing money mm. to an extent um, of it, it, having money or not having money is not the thing, but it is what we do with it. It is our relationship with it. It is our heart posture around it. So you go back to the generosity thing, mm -hmm. like, oh, if we just made more money and Haley and I, more me, um, I definitely did this. Like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we if we got to a place where we could make this much money and we had a dollar amount, then we could give away this many thousands of dollars every year. But if we're not giving away a percentage of our finances now, then when we make that money, what makes me think all of a sudden we're going to mm -hmm. give away a, a giant percentage of that money then like, and in my mind it was like, Oh, well then we'd be making above and beyond what we'd be, what our uh, cost of living would be. But we just grow into our cost of living. Like, mm -hmm. um, we just do, it's just kind of natural. And so learning to, as Haley said, being generous with whatever you're at, like just recognizing that there's a percentage, like we're called to tithe 10%. Mm -hmm. Um, we're also called, and I use that word specifically to give taxes. That's mm -hmm. a part of living within, um, within a country structure and organization. Um, and so there's balance there, right? Like we're called to do those things, but then asking God, like, what can I give away? What can I be generous with? Mm -hmm. Um, and it might not be like cash in somebody's hand, sure. right? Like maybe you, maybe you, you literally can't like you make ends meet, but what does it look like to invite somebody over to a meal? that you mm -hmm. prepare a meal for them. They don't bring anything. You just prepare a meal and invite them in to be with your family and to enjoy a meal. Like that is a financial sacrifice for you to share food out of your grocery budget with somebody else in that way. So um, learning to be generous in, in any and every situation. Um, and I've pulled up some other verses just as we get into some of the more, I guess, quote unquote, nuanced conversations about money. But um, yeah, those were, mm -hmm. that was like the first thing that came to mind, leapfrogging off of what you said. So that's good. There's just been a huge mindset shift. I think mostly for me in our marriage, but for both of us really in the last probably two to three years where we just started, at least I started praying for God to make me generous because I didn't it's not a spiritual gift I had. In fact, where did I find this? Don't point your finger at me. She's sitting here pointing her finger across <laughs> the table. I think I found a journal entry I had written recently that it was a prayer. No. Okay. It was a journal entry, but it was from like 10 years ago. Okay. And it was one of those daily journals where it asks you like five questions and you just like write in a brief oh, answer or whatever. Yep. And on it from 10 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it asked something about generosity. And I was like, nope. And then side note on the side, I said, I need to work on this. Hmm. And it was just like this huge encouragement hmm. when I ran across that a couple weeks ago that like, God, you've done a miraculous work in my life wow. with this. Yeah. Because I didn't, even growing up, I didn't want to give birthday presents to people because it meant hmm. we would have to spend money. So now being in this space where I'm like, what gifts can I buy for people? Whether or not I know them, like, I just, I want to bless people. Can I cover your meal? Can I make you a meal? Can we have you over? Like allowing God to use the gifts he's given us to bless other people. Like nothing we have is ours, yeah. but we begin to act like it's ours. Or we talk about being good stewards, but then we shift that into a controlling thing instead of like, God, everything I have is yours. Show me how to use it well. It's a thank you for this. I will spend it 
well, like with all of my logic and my reasoning and my, he gives us logic and reasoning for a reason. He gives us the ability to budget. Like there is, there is a, a matter of living within your means, mm-hmm. but then there's also moments where um, it might not look like living within quote your means in the sense that you feel this radical draw to give something above and beyond. Um, and every time that's happened to us, God has been so faithful. Mm. He's always provided what we've needed. We have never missed a bill for anything. And I know that's huge. I know some people can't say that. And I don't know why in their story that might be the case. But I do know in ours it has been when we are faithful and when we are tithing and giving back to God first and being faithful when we feel a draw to do something, he has always mm-hmm. taken us where we need to go. Yeah given us what we need to have and it doesn't always look the way we think it's going to i just want to keep coming back to that like we're not here to preach a prosperity gospel yeah that's not what jesus promises ever um and he doesn't promise life would be easy but he promises he'll do it with us and he Mm -hmm. promises he'll lead us and guide us and that he would send the advocate the helper the holy spirit who would help us forever the holy spirit can tell us how to use the finances that he's given us just surrendering them again and again and again um, and truly practicing that heart of gratitude where, well, goodness, thank you for this first and foremost, but it's also not mine. Yeah, It's God's. And already beginning to speak that to yeah. our kids that like when Athelia asks a question or um, we had just gone to Costco a few weeks ago and I drove by someone who had a sign that just said, hungry, please help. And I just had this sense that was like, you need to put food in a bag, give it to him as you drive by. And if I, so I stopped and like reorganize things. Cause if anyone shops at Sam's club or Costco, you know, you buy like in bulk. So I was like taking things apart, putting them in this bag. And I tell you, he's like, why are you doing that? Just being able to talk to her already about like, what we have is not ours. Hmm. Like God has been generous with us and we're going to be generous with others. Yeah. And then also teaching her that about sharing toys even. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's such an incredible reminder to us. Like, what quote toys do we need to share? Like the pool in our backyard or Mm. our trampoline or our food or our home, like inviting people into our space, going into other people's spaces, taking meals when people need them, making phone calls I might not want to make, sticking out relationships that feel hard when I feel like I want to leave because it's hard, but God's asking me to stay in it. Like there's so many points of generosity but I think there's something crucial about being generous with finances also mm-hmm. that starts with tithing. Yeah. And then from there is still a God show me yeah. what you want me to do and how you want me to give. Um, so kind of like shifting a little bit into more of a like step organized sort of thing with finances. Can I jump on that real quick oh. before you shift? Yes. Um, this feels dangerous to say. Okay. But. I feel like I should say it because um, you, you mentioned the tithing thing. And mm-hmm. I, again, we do not believe or adhere to prosperity gospel. Um, I don't believe that if you have faith in Jesus and you pray over your bank account that God's going to all of a sudden increase it. Like, I just don't believe in that. Um, but Malachi 3 is the only time God says, test me. And it is in the area of tithing. And mm-hmm. He says, test me in this and see that I don't throw open the, the storehouses or mm. the, the gates. Um, cause he says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. And, um, Haley and I, that was just a non-negotiable when we mm. got married. We have never not tithed in 10 years, one month. Our marriage is 121 months old. I did the math today. Um, today. So happy anniversary to you, babe. Uh, 121 we're getting old um but like we we just have never not tied and there's times where like i forgot about it and i went back and made sure like okay Mm. what what was deposited direct deposit and like i did the math and um but we just have never not tied Mm -hmm. and i just the reason this feels dangerous is because i'm not saying that god has always provided and even blessed us with some extra like we've gotten some pretty cool gifts like anonymous gifts before or blessing gifts from people um I don't want to say it's directly correlated, but the fact that God says, test me in this, and it is something we have held our feet to the fire in for over 10 years now. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a correlation there. Um, I, I think there is, even if it's just one, 
it deepens your trust and your dependency mm-hmm. because you're saying I'm giving back this to you first because it could be easy in moments when things feel tight or when you want something to say that however much mm-hmm. for this many months so I can do this thing. Yep. And what Shay didn't tell you is before we got married, I was not a faithful tithe. Either. Yeah, I wasn't. I was very much like, let me keep all of my stuff for me. And it has changed the posture of my heart. And I do believe that God has blessed us financially while we have tithed. I don't know if that's everybody's story. And I'm not even saying he's gone above and beyond because we've tithed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but I Correct. think he has always provided yep. what we needed, even if that came through somebody else or mm-hmm. through something else. Or yeah. like if a bill gets cut in half or someone's like, I'm actually going to pay that off for you. Like, what? Yeah. So it's not always ended up in our pocket. It's, yeah. And it hasn't even always been immediate, but God is just showing us, like, Mm -hmm. I always take care of you exactly what I think you need. So trust me. And that also doesn't mean that you can go do whatever you want to do with your money and then tithe and expect God to show up that way either. There is something to budgeting, which is where I was going to go next. I'm saying that, so don't forget. But, um, and not budgeting and control, but being aware of what God has blessed you with and stewarding that well. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, the surrender of, God, everything is yours. Show me what to do with it is different than, okay, I'll tie this much, but then do whatever else. I want with it while expecting you to still bless me because I am tithing. Like there, There's a posture mm-hmm. difference that continually needs to happen with. Yeah. I'm coming before you and giving this back. Please just continue to show me what you want me to do with this. And playing the long game with our mm-hmm. faith in Jesus. Like we were in debt for a while and like, well, we were in debt for, for school for a long, long time, yeah. but we were in like credit card debt. We didn't want to be in. We owed money on a car, like things that we just didn't want. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't paid off immediately, Yeah, but God provided what we needed every, like just every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences to our actions. Yep. Like, I think there are thing, decisions we make out of faith. And then there are decisions we make out of flesh mm-hmm. where it's like, well, that was just selfish. Now we're in this spot. Yep. And I've done plenty of those mm-hmm. in my life in many areas, but definitely financially. But I think there are consequences for. Um, but yeah, just resurrendering my heart and my posture and asking God to continue to refine that has light enlightened me to those areas where I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I didn't, I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? I feel like I kind of I think so. got lost there for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So budget. Yeah. Um, why is budgeting important? That's one of the things we wanted to talk about in the midst of finances. Yeah. I think budgeting is really important because it's, um, it's just going back to um, being disciplined and we talk a lot about discipline and it's saying like, okay, God, you bless me. This the same thing as he's blessed us with different gifts and abilities that we are responsible for. Um, he has blessed us with finances that we are in turn responsible for or with time. I mean, time is the one resource that we all have the same of, we just utilize differently. Um, but finances, we all have different levels of finances. And so um, we just have to be disciplined in that. And so um, I think budgeting is the discipline in order to utilize the resource well in which mm-hmm. God has given us. So first is tithe. Like that's just, that's just always first. And um, there were like, I remember times where we had $200 to our name and I didn't want to tithe and we did like, um, and so we just, just, you've got to stay committed to that. Um, but then, so you, so you have tithe and then there's like, you can, look at Dave Ramsey stuff. And I'm not really worried about getting into like the nitty gritty budgeting aspect, Mm -hmm. but more like the heart posture. So I actually preached on James five, like four years ago at a church. Um, and it is, it it essentially came comes down to, um, the first (laughs) came's down, James came's, James came's downs to, uh, in the first few verses, it was talking about like your relationship with money, um, Mm -hmm. and how, if you hoard and you keep 
and you um, withdraw, then your money, your your gold and your silver will actually testify against you. Mm. Um, and so, like, what is your relationship with money and, and how do you interact with it? Uh, you know, Jesus obviously said, like, um, you cannot serve both God and money either. You will love the one and hate the other. Or you'll uh, be devoted to the one and despise the other. And so there, there is this submission to God first. And that's why tithe has to be first because it is recognition that God is number one. I think it's, you, you've kind of used this language already, but I think it was John Wesley who said that I'm just bringing back 10% of what already is God's anyway. Mm. Um, and so like, it's a, a hundred percent is God's. I'm just bringing back 10%. He just asked for a portion of it, um, back. And so, um, that idea that you're serving God and therefore your money is in submission to your service to God. It is not, you hold both things in tandem and tension. You don't serve God and figure out money. You submit your finances to yeah. your servitude to God. Um, and then you go through and figure out how to be disciplined in the different areas. And so, um, you know, there are certain things that like, I would say, yeah, pray through that. Like, what what does that look like for you? Um, whether that's exactly how much to save, um, figuring that out. Um, I do think budgeting generosity, like how much mm -hmm. do you give away? Um, and honestly, like Haley and I did this for a while because we like supported some missionaries. And then we got in a season where we didn't. We were paying off school debt more aggressively. And so we, we didn't have it budgeted. Um, and we just kind of reengaged with that a little bit of um, having... Um, we actually switched to buying McDonald's gift cards and holding on to McDonald's gift cards to give away to those in need rather than giving cash, but just giving um, an opportunity to purchase food for the homeless within our um, greater area. Um, and so building in generosity. And so what is your relationship with money? Because if it is to hoard and to collect and to build up, then that is the, that's a false motive. Mm -hmm. And if, it, if your mindset behind money is security and safety, if, if you, when you think of money, you think, oh, I just need this much to have, uh, to feel safe, to mm -hmm. feel good. Um, that's a false sense of security. And mm -hmm. um, you're going to get to that number, whatever it is. Um, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel really accomplished. And it's going to feel awesome for like a week. And then you're it's going to that. get paranoid. Yeah. yeah. And like um, every time Haley and I have hit that quote unquote number, um, something came up and then we had to like fix a car and we dropped right below it again. So um, it is really just this false sense of security. Now, again, there is wisdom to having that, um, that uh, what's it called? Not a, not a survival fund. It's like a emergency emergency fund thank you um kind of like survival survival emergency um emergency fund like there's obviously wisdom in that that things break like our furnace is two thousand dollars or most car fixes are like five hundred to two thousand dollars like it's so it's smart to have finances set aside that when those things happen because we live in a first world country so understanding that when we, when we talk about like first world problems, a lot of times we're joking about those things. But when you live and operate in a first world country, you do have to deal with first world problems. And therefore, you need the resources to deal with first world problems in order to continue to operate. Like, so for us, one of the things that um, we wrestled through a few years ago, I think maybe more so me than, than Haley. I can't remember how much we talked about this, but it was like, do we really need two cars? Like, we live in a relatively small town. We both work at the church. Do we really need two cars? But just given the roles that we had and or have and living in the in a first world and especially in America with terrible public transportation, um, like we just we needed two cars and that was something that we had to work through and um, we came to the conclusion that we we needed those and so um, I think really praying through those things. Now there's some things where it's like, okay, you got to make your house payment, you you got to buy groceries. But I do think it is praying before you make a purchase or you rent a home. God, is this the place you have for me? So before you even get to the like, well, I have to make my house payment. Well, do you, did you pray about the house in the first place? Did you pray, pray about the apartment in the first place? Your grocery budget, really just praying through and working through that. Mm -hmm. Like, do you need to shop at Costco or Meijer? Does it need to be Aldi? Is it okay to do farmer's market? Like like working through those different aspects and just praying through and letting Holy Spirit lead you. Again, Haley said this, like God gave us brains. It's okay to work through things, but Holy, it's also okay to invite Holy Spirit into those conversations well. In as the well. same way you talked about submitting your finances to the one who yep. gave them to you anyways. Yep. Submit your brain to the one who gave it to you anyway. Like it might sound silly to some people to be like, really, you're going to pray about being at a farmer's market? 100% I am. God is God of the universe. He cares about every moment of my life and 
shopping at the farmer's market might be about my finances. It might not be. It might be about the person behind that booth I Mm. need to meet or who needs to meet me. It could be that I needed to be in this place for this reason at this time. It could be any myriad of reasons. But I don't want to put God in a box. And I don't want to just say like, oh, bless me today. Can, Can anyone, anyone find any other God in the history of our world that blesses? Because I've not heard of one. Our God is the only God that operates out of love and blessing. Every other God, little G, is to be served and demand servitude and or you have to like be a certain amount of good or doing a certain amount of things. Our God just gives. But there's also a covenant there where there's a submission and a surrender when we act in that covenant. He promises blessing. That doesn't always mean financially, but he promises blessing that often comes, I think, in forms like peace mm-hmm. and feel, feeling the fullness of life in him, yeah. true joy and dependency on him. And then you start living the life he designed for you to live, that he desires for you to live. And the things of this world that don't really matter begin to fall away. And then it's easier to let go of things like money and to be more generous, to let go of things like time. So you can be more generous with that and serve instead of expecting to be served or yeah, just there, the, the world is then changed by the perspective lens that you wear mm-hmm. and you begin to see the kingdom of God coming into that place. And then you want to operate in it differently when you surrender and submit yourself to his authority, be it your brain and your logic or your finances or your friends. Yes. Yeah. Jesus also said, um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be Thank also. Thank you. That, I kept thinking That's that. That's the verse. I, I, I got it for you. <laughs> I'm amazing. Um, it's true. Wherever your treasure uh, is, that's where your heart will be. Yeah. And I think that it that's helpful too to like reorient that if you're thinking about the kingdom of heaven and that's the thing that motivates and drives you, right? Like, so our lead pastor, just um, Jason, just preached this weekend and he was talking about um, the Francis Chan analogy, if you've ever seen it, um, or if you go to Impact, you might have seen it this weekend, but the rope analogy that like, there's this rope that goes on for infinity and our lifespan is this little dot or this tiny little section of rope and we live our lives for that tiny section of rope, right? That's mm-hmm. that's everything that's driving us. We're just forgoing eternity and just, yeah, not even caring. But if we live with a kingdom mindset, with a kingdom of God mindset, we think when we think about eternity, it allows us to use this life, our little dot, our little section of the rope, to further the kingdom, right? Rather than like, okay, God, you're all powerful. Can you help me on this life? Well, this life is so short and so... Mm-hmm. F- yeah, frail and, and fast. And so, um, but when we change our mindset and we're kingdom minded, right? If our mindset is there, that's where our heart's going to be. Then the way that we spend our money is going to be kingdom driven, mm-hmm. not not our kingdom here on earth, but God's kingdom driven with generosity, with providing for the poor and taking care of the widowed and the orphan, which um, I think it's James 1 says a, a, a faith that God approves of or values or recognizes one of those two, one of those words um he says is to take care of the widows and the orphans and the imprisoned like are we doing that are we are we doing that with our time with our finances are we providing in that way are we being generous with with our finances and so just recognizing that that Mm -hmm. is um that's that's the call is being kingdom focused um and i would say too i think we've talked about this with like our words and our thoughts that if you look at what you think about the most or what you talk about the most or the way that you talk, you're probably going to begin to identify things that you believe or things that are important to you. I would say it's hugely true about your finances. Wherever you're spending your money on is what's really important to you, um, which is also, I think, why budgeting can be important and accountability mm-hmm. step. And yeah. no, this is like I have to I have to make these payments, whether you're you have school debt or um, a car loan or you live in this place, whatever those things may be. Um, What is your money saying? Mm. Like what's my money saying about what I value? Because as I press into this eternal mindset, y'all, it is one of the hardest things I've ever done to press against my flesh. 
Yeah. It is the hardest thing I've ever done to press against my flesh because there are moments I go back to like wanting to have these coping or control mechanisms of like, I just want to go like be able to buy a new shirt today. Why? Like, why do I think I need a new shirt today? Mm. There are times when I think God is at peace with allowing me to do that or gives me peace in doing that. But other times, most of the time when I just have this urge, it's out of like a desire to control something or to just feel okay like coping mechanism. yeah yeah and i just um i'm realizing that more and more so if i'm going to live for this eternal mindset like i think looking at finances is a huge accountability to that like are we living eternally mm-hmm. um where are we being generous are we seeing a repercussion of generosity in our finances where we're spending more on food because we're inviting more and more people over to bless them like what does that look like? I don't entirely know because this is still quite new for me, but I know the more I give, the more I want to give. Mm. And again, like I want to use the brain that God has given me and not be frivolous and, you know, not take care of my family, provide for yeah. my family. But I also don't want to store up just to store up because these things might happen because we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised five minutes from now. We're not promised 30 seconds from now. I'm, given the moment I'm in, but I have no idea what the future holds. But I think that makes us uncomfortable. So we try to somewhat control the future. And one of the ways we can do that, we think, is by controlling our finances and preparing for this thing. Or maybe the opposite. We want, um, not eternal, we want immediate gratification now. Hmm. So I'm going to spend my money on whatever makes me feel good, whether that's coffee or food or clothes or booze or drugs or like you name it. Like they're... There's endless amounts of things and yeah. so many people are in so much debt because yeah. we're, we're trying to have this immediate gratification or to consume things so we appear a certain way or feel a certain way. We are looking. There's this little gnat that keeps flying around <laughs> our closet and it was in front of your face and now it's in front of my face. Um, we're looking for our identity in something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just I think this startling fact that so many people are so many thousands of dollars in credit yeah, card debt. That blows my mind. It's just not healthy. It's and a comparison a game is, and everyone's losing. It's a what game? It's a comparison oh, game and everyone's yeah. losing. Because we're meant to be content. Yeah. Content with who God is and who he's made us to be. But when we're constantly comparing, you're going to be running after something that like you said, like once you get to that goal, it's not going to be enough because that's not enough <laughs> because yeah. it's not. Yeah. That's not what was meant to fill you. Well, actually, that ties in. Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. Mm-hmm. He's the second wisest man to ever live besides Jesus. It says, um, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, mm-hmm. too, is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you know the concept of Ecclesiastes, but it's... It's basically Solomon talking about like all these things that he tried and he did and he he searched the world and he tried everything. He gave himself over to indulgences of the flesh and he realized that it was meaningless. Um, Mm. So even that in in, uh, 510, Ecclesiastes 5.10, just talking about how wealth, amassing wealth is is meaningless. And And Solomon wasn't just one of the wisest the wisest man besides Jesus, but he was like the wealthiest. Yeah. He was one of the wealthiest. He had, yeah. Like, yeah. When like, you consider like means. inflation and all that and stuff, like he is one of the wealthy, wealthiest people to have ever lived. Um, so he could have done like lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you talk about contentment and that actually goes to uh, Philippians four, which is probably one of the most botched misused verses of all time, I think, but it's that, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. Like, can okay. I'm going to try not to soapbox for too long, but like, can we just address the fact that that verse does not mean you can accomplish any goal that you set your mind to. That is not what that verse is talking about. It immediately follows Paul talking about being content with having a lot or live little, whether being in prison or being free. Um, like he is talking about this idea of contentment. So when he says, I can do all things through Christ, he's saying like, I can endure any situation, no matter mm. what God has chosen to put me in, no matter what situation, what amount of wealth or whatever, like what my surrounding circumstance are, I can endure that 
through Christ who gives me strength. So let's just be clear. We don't have to take that verse out of context. And anytime you have some cool dream or aspiration, I'm, I can do it because Christ, Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ. That's not what the verse is talking about. Okay, so let's just be clear. It's talking about contentment. We have to strive for contentment. And this is something, y'all, I just want, like, I just want to be extremely clear. Even talking tonight, like, this is very challenging to my own heart and even convicting of, like, man, how are we being generous? Like, when I think about finances, it's usually about me or our family. Mm-hmm. It's not about generosity. Um, I've gotten to a place where like I truly celebrate and worship and giving tithe. Like I, I used to give it out of just devotion or sometimes I'd give it out of frustration. Like if I, when I added up the numbers before, like how much we give in tithe, I'm like, holy smokes, that is, I mean, 10% of your income is a decent amount. Like, and so, um, it, it can almost feel discouraging, but like I've gotten to a place where like we get paid every other Friday and, I've gotten in a rhythm where most of the time I'll say something to Haley, like, Hey, I just paid the tithe. I just want you to know so you could worship with me. Cause like, I'll just take a minute and just give thanks to God as I, as I pay that on Fridays. And so, um, I can tell there's shifts happening. And you mentioned like, uh, large shifts happening in your life when it mm-hmm. comes to finances. For me, I feel like it's been a lot slower over a longer period of time. Um, and that's where he's still working on some of that control. And part of that, I do think, is because I, I do the budget. Like, I'm the one who checks the bank accounts and pays the credit card bill. And um, so I think that there's, in a sense, it's it's just easier for me to slip back into that desire to control it because I'm mm-hmm. looking at the numbers and and um, and whatnot. But um, anyways, we just have to fight for contentment. And this is something that um, content or contentedness is actually my word for the year and just striving to be content. And a lot of that has to do with myself. Um, you know, I've, I've shared on this podcast, my struggle with insecurity and finding contentment within myself, but a lot of that does have to come with finances and our Mm -hmm. situation, like being content with, um, having a car that's 15 years old. Um, I'm sorry, no, 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 19, 19 years old, being content with, um, the house that we have. And I love almost everything about our house, but there's just a couple of things. I'm like, Oh, it'd be so nice to upgrade our house to have these couple features, um, or just being content with what God has given us and where we're at and just really fighting for that. Um, but we, we really have to fight against the love of money. And that was something I didn't really talk about earlier, but first Timothy six talked about the love of money being Mm -hmm. the root of all evil. Um, yeah, that if that is the thing that you're fighting for, if that's the thing that you long for, man, if I could just have more money, man, if I could just have this, I could pay for this, I could do that, I could whatever it is. But if you love money, that's the root of evil. That's mm-hmm. that's the beginning of the end um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And so the less we love money, again, it's a necessary evil. Like I said earlier, it's a necessity to life. But the less we love money and we release that love of money and submit money to God first because we we can't serve both. So we serve God and we submit our finances to God. Um, The less we care in a healthy Mm. way, right? Like we need to care about it in a disciplined budgeting way. But the less we care about it, um, the less we fight for it, Mm -hmm. um, the less we hoard and the more generous and free we can be with our finances, both financially free, but also mentally free. Um, but I think it actually leads to more financial freedom because you're not running this rat race, uh, acquiring debt in order to keep up with the Joneses, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, mm-hmm. sorry, I just rambled for no, a little bit. Don't apologize. And isn't there a verse that talks about whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind yeah. will be bound in heaven. And that keeps coming back to mind just financially. Like, why would I, why would I stack up so much that when I die, it's not going to do anything? Like Where thieves break in the steel and moth yeah. destroys. Yeah. Like, God, truly, please continue to refine and change my heart to just give, like to be generous, to help widows and orphans and those imprisoned or their families. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I have been astonished at the few number of people who will choose Jesus. Hmm. And I want to take as many people with me as possible. And one of the ways I think God wants to spread the good news of the gospel, at least through us, 
is in how we love freely with not just our words or our time, but also our money. Like when it could be really easy to be like, no, I don't want to have people over for dinner tonight because I'd have to like buy the food, cook the food, have people in my space, and I'd have to clean up. Like walking through all of the various reasons as to why I should protect myself. Like if I can just loose all of those things, like building up treasures, storing up treasures in heaven instead of right here, right now, which I think is one of the great ploys of the enemy to be distracted by the things here. And even if I think back over my life, like so many decisions I made were made based on money and not on surrender and submission of my finances to the Lord. Like even like going out to dinner, right? With friends was like, what's the cheapest thing on the menu? And I'm not saying that that means God would have said I could buy like a $50 steak, Mm -hmm. but my heart would have been at peace. There would have been something, there would have been a surrender Mm -hmm. that I think would have led my life differently if I had begun to surrender, not just myself differently, but my time and my finances. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot more to my story I feel like I could share, but I don't, I don't think I need to right now that, mm. yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here like thinking back through my life. So, so grateful for how God has provided and mm. his patience in teaching me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Yeah, for sure. Any other thoughts? Any last thoughts? Money, 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 money. Um, I just pray that everyone, like the the Holy Spirit reminds each and every one of you listening as he needs to, Mm. that what you have is not yours. Mm. Your life is not yours. He made you with a purpose and he stamped his image on you and he wants you to live that out. And he has blessed some people hugely financially for his glory and his kingdom. Yeah. Not because he loves them better. Yep. He's blessed other people with less for his glory, for his kingdom, yep. not because he loves you any less yeah. or because he loves you any better. Judas like Smith put it. He said, like, we can play church games and we can pretend like some are better than others or we can just come to the honest conclusion that it's God and God yes. alone. Like, It's all about him. Yeah. It's all about him. Let him use you for the kingdom. I promise you will feel more full that way. Yeah. Though it's not about you, he will fill you. And you will recognize that you're actually, you actually begin to live life for real when you're just totally surrendered. And including um, the thing that feels like it can run our lives if you're serving that instead of the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. You have peace with that? Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is a good one. I uh, felt really good talking through that. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so thanks for tuning in. I hope you have an awesome week. I hope this just encourages you truly. Um, praying for you. And uh, I just ask that uh, God would do whatever he wants to do through these words. Mm-hmm. Um, that this conversation inspires you to look inwardly to have more conversations and to truly be as Haley said led by the Holy Spirit and reminded that um, our lives are not our own so Mm -hmm. have an awesome week y'all and we you will hear from us again next week see ya later